All right, welcome again to another edition of the Red Reporter Podcast. It's been it's been a couple months, but we're back. Um, I'm your host, uh, BK Brandon. I'm here, and uh, we're in the studio with uh, Scott. As always, Scott, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. Uh, we're having a fantastic 2016 <laughs> uh, for uh, Cincinnati Reds fans. Yeah this uh, this podcast could not have come soon enough. I think with just how how the team's been been just spectacular. So uh, on the phone this week we have Wick. Wick, how are you? I'm good, guys. It's almost like loss number nine in a row is like the Beetlejuice for the podcast. You know, once you hit that one, then we come out of the woodwork and have to talk about the Reds for a little bit. So, right. uh, luckily, we've timed that perfectly. <laughs> Very true. And uh, also on the phone this week we have uh, Eric Roseberry, one of our. Uh, Newer writers, so Eric, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good, thanks for. I, I think I picked the wrong season to become a newer writer, but yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Uh, that's that's the breaks, though. Yeah, well, this is the one where you can uh, actually have your creative juices flowing because you know, let's be honest, nobody is really going to be looking for uh, Red's performance-based content. It's true, that's fair. So uh, let's just kind of recap where we are right now. Um, so. Last we are, place. We are, yeah, we are. We are recording um, on Wednesday. Uh, it's the twenty fifth. Yep. Of May. Pulled that out of nowhere. Um, it is. Uh, the Reds are currently on a nine game losing streak. They have yet to play today. They are playing tonight in Los Angeles. So it is a late start. Which I think this is kind of a common podcast thing where you know usually we'll. It, on the West Coast road trip, it seems like we always have a podcast before the 10 p.m. starts. Yeah, right. we get to wake up for the, and see the loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really Instead the Instead of stay difference. up for it. Yeah, at least at least we don't have to deal with the bullpen. The bullpen is blowing yeah. leads at, you know, 1 in the morning as yeah. opposed to the, the bullpen will time. The bullpen will blow the game on Thursday as opposed to Wednesday. <laughs> so it's it's great. Sure. I, lo- I love how you guys get to talk about this. Instead, I get to just stay up till midnight writing about it because I'm stuck halfway in between Cincinnati and the left coast. So at least yeah. I get to have dinner before they start blowing things this time, which is good. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so let's just start it out. Um, you know, the Reds are currently what fifteen and thirty-one is where we are right now. Sounds about right. That's uh, not very good, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so just. And I mean, it's not just that. They finished last season 1-14. and 14. It's not like this has been a great stretch <laughs> at right. all. Yeah, this is, not, this is not new. I mean, spring training was fine. They were okay in spring training, it seemed like. They won the first three games of the season. Games that don't count, they were great. Yeah, they yeah. swept the Phillies. That's That might be the saddest part. The, you know, they went, <laughs> on that opening at home stand, they went 5-1. and one, And they, went, <laughs> they won 10 games since then. It was a month and a half ago. And we were prudent enough not to record a podcast that week because we did not want to buy into the false sense of optimism. It's true. We thought about you know, it. We were like, everybody else was talking about, is this Reds team for real? Did we perhaps <laughs> overlook how meaningful Kivius Samson can uh, <laughs> provide benefits to the bullpen? On whether or not uh, Alfredo Simon, my goodness, he's really turned back the clock a year and a half. You know, these were uh, these were headlines for a good uh, yeah. good two and a half I weeks, mean, and what? the wheels came off. A- Eugenio Suarez was an early MVP candidate. 
He absolutely that, we, was. We didn't yeah. even talk about it. Yeah. But hey, the Reds are only twelve and fifteen at home. I mean, that's 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 okay. Yeah, that's I mediocrity know. right there. That means what they're <laughs> three and sixteen on the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they've been outscored sixty-nine to twenty-five during nice. the nine-game losing streak. Oof. Yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. Uh, they've lost their last six. Uh, and I believe eight out of their last nine one-run games. So um, they're getting their butts kicked badly in blowout games and also losing all the close games, too. So they're finding every possible way to just backflip off uh, any chance of having this be an enjoyable season. So True. it's been fun. True. So, all right, let's, let's start with the bullpen. Now, this is not normally where you would start – not normally the most important part of the team. Normally you would you know, concentrate on, oh, the lineup's not producing, oh, the starters aren't getting it done. But with this Reds team, the bullpen has been the probably the biggest Achilles heel, the biggest impact um, throughout the, at least the first month of the season. Obviously they, uh, they set the major league record in game, consecutive games with at least a run given up. Is that right? That sound right? Yeah. Yeah, so they they set that record. Um, you know what? Really, what's going to be the answer to the bullpen at this point? I mean, what if you're if you're Dick Williams and Walt Jockety, where, where do you go from here with this bullpen? Well, if I'm Walt Jockety, the first thing I say is "Told you so." <laughs> Remember the good old days of Red's bullpen, and I mean circa 2010 to 2014 when uh when walt would shell out money for people like jonathan broxton and sean marshall though he'd never pitched they gave uh, Madsen eight million dollars. manny para brian madsen and we turned our heads and say why are we throwing this stupid money at these poorly performing pitchers that are really just a hair above average because we found out what the alternative actually was right. in the Reds in the Reds uh, farm system, and it, this is the alternative. Our alter- alternative is somebody named uh, Blake Wood and Russ uh, Owendorf and uh, uh, somebody named Caleb Cotham, who I do not believe ever played the Cotton Club, though I could be mistaken. <laughs> uh, and they have all pitched poorly. Tony Singrani, I think is at this point our most dominant reliever, and that's just because, you know, his fastball is working about 70% of the time. So What what cracks me up right now is that with J.J. Hoover's demotion uh, several weeks ago down to Louisville, uh, Ross Ollendorf currently making $800,000 is the most expensive bullpen arm that the Reds can boast right now, and that's on the heels of them paying $1 million to Burt Badenhop to not pitch for them this year. Oh. Um, not, not that Burt Badenhop is the savior by any stretch of the imagination, but... Well, what's Kevin reached... Gregg up to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> H- hanging out with Carlos Marmol, trying to throw uh, four and a half feet wide of home plate right now. Um, yeah, the Reds, I mean... Uh, where do you even begin? They're, they're dead last in walks per nine inning, in FIP, in WHIP, in ERA, and uh, they're even last in uh, uh, strand percentage. They they allow more base runners than anybody else, and then they allow more percentage of all base runners to score than any other bullpen. Um, 
But honestly, I think it does kind of roll back to how bad the rotation has been and how decimated with injuries it's been because they're getting the fewest amount of innings per start of any team in Major League Baseball because they've lost uh, Di Scalfani and Lorenzen and Rysel Iglesias and John Moscott and uh, Tim Adelman even. Good Lord, Tim Adelman made the podcast. Um, and that's put a whole lot of pressure on a bullpen that was already supposed to be inexperienced and terrible. And now they're being asked to pitch half a game instead of three innings. And it's not its not working. <laughs> Maybe we move Alfredo back to the bullpen. Maybe. Why Maybe. not? At some point, I mean... Click that undo worse. button from, like, 2015. I mean, they're worse than all... Like, they're a full run worse than any other bullpen. Yeah. It's <laughs> not... Yeah, you're right. It's not like they're just kind of... Oh, uh, they're, they're last, but, you know, there's some promise there. No, they're, they've just sucked. That's, there's no really other better way to put it. Like, even the Braves can't bail us out of how poor our bullpen is at this point in this category. Right. The Reds do have one more save than the Twins, so there's something to hang our hat on. Wow. And probably three more blown saves than the Twins, too. We, had we have nine blown yeah, saves. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't that the, the stat total, though? Yeah, we have nine blown saves and four saves total, which that's, that's ten, amazing. Ten blown saves. Ten blown saves. Oh, that, that's Mark Wohler's territory. That's that's amazing. Like, that, that's that, that's thirty eight year old Troy Percival numbers. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. it will be interesting when the Reds finally get a chance to face the Braves, so we can really find out whether it's the Braves' offense being that bad or the Reds' bullpen being that bad, because it's, one of them's going to have to break. You know? Do you think that that series might be the most important series of the year for the Reds? Coming up? For draft pick status, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. There's a number one pick on the line in those two series. I mean, if they win three games and they're only going to win 55 games this year, that's like, what, 6.5% of their overall yearly win total? So, yeah, it could totally swing everything. Yeah. So we basically had 10% of our wins occur on the first week of the year. So, great. Yeah, Fangraphs updated their zip stuff today, and it's, it's like us in Atlanta – and then nobody else is in contention for the first pick, so that yeah. may decide it. <laughs> is the 17 draft looking to be uh, good? Do we know yet? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do not know. That's one thing that's way out of my league at this point is next year's draft. Although we could, we could talk about this year's draft because that's coming up. That is coming up. That's so, true. I don't know. Yeah. Do, do you guys want to go there next? Let's yeah, why not? So... Yeah, so switching gears to this year's, uh, the Reds have the number two pick. The Phillies are picking first. Um, there are a lot of different ways the Reds could go with this. Um, they have been linked with all kinds of different players here from Mox, dating from six months ago to now. But it sounds like, you know, they're probably going to lean toward a position player. It kind of will depend on who's on the board. Although it sounds like in a mock today they were – um, they were paired with AJ Puck. Puck. Yeah. Is it Puck? Or is it Puke? <laughs> I've been I've been saying it Puke in my brain, and I figured that that's not right. He, the thing is, the way that his name is spelled P U K, it's like a bad. It, it's almost like one of those bad uh, draft names that you get if you play a baseball simulator. Right. Like, sooner or later, it throws <laughs> these vowels and these consonants together, and you end up something with 
yeah. like pot. He is he is an o o t p regen player. He is a, he is an umpire from bases loaded is what he is. Yeah. <laughs> puck puck dumb boo bomb. <laughs> he he's a closer from baseball mogul with uh, nine blown <laughs> saves and four saves. Yeah. Or or if it's puke, he's destined to finish the season in the 2016 Reds bullpen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because why he's gonna, not? He's going to be the uh, this year's Finnegan. <laughs> I'm going to trade him for Johnny Cueto. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like they've been talking to a bunch of, or talking about a bunch of other position players, too. Um, they like Nick Senzel from Tennessee, it sounds like. Um, Kyle Lewis from Mercer, who, yeah. who hit a... 460 foot bomb today. You guys saw that. Um, Delvin Perez, the the short stuff. We're profiling him tomorrow on the site. So, so by the time this comes out, that'll already be up. Um, <laughs> uh, Louisville and outfielder Corey Ray. I think we. That's that's kind of like the de facto hometown pick. I think if the from proximity's sake. Um, but not yeah, it's, it sounds like they could, yeah, yeah, not like local, local, but, yeah, you know, time zone. Yeah. Well, no, aren't yeah. they? They're on uh, Central, aren't they? They're Eastern. Eastern. They're Eastern. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, all right. But for for a regional team like the Reds, I guess having a Louisville guy would be considered relatively relatively hometown. It'd be Austin, fun to, to watch him with the bats for sure. Yeah, Austin Kearns was considered relatively hometown because Lexington is definitely Reds territory, yeah. so. He's from Red's country. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, back, I guess, to the current team, you know, we can kind of talk about what got them to this precipice that they find themselves at at this point. Um, you know, we, we went over the bullpen a little bit, but, you know, I think injuries have made a big impact on the pitching staff so far. Um, the lineup to an extent so far too. Um, obviously, you know another crushing blow to Devin Mazarako out for the year um, after really coming back healthy from an injury last year. Um, you know, let's just kind of go into it. Um, you know, what's the what's the most impactful injury that the Reds have uh, suffered so far this year? Well, I guess this. Are we just saying this year in general, or so far in 2016? So far, somebody that's that is sustained. Because here's the thing: we don't know what the heck is wrong with Homer Bailey. We don't know sure. if it's a 2015 injury that just hasn't changed, or a 2016 the, injury right, that's still I rephrase. Yeah, to an injury that has uh, put them impact 20, in the 2016 season. How yeah, about that? exactly. But the 2016 yeah. Reds where they are now. Yeah. Because even with Mezzarocco, we don't know how broken he was from the year before. So his numbers when he came back weren't great. Yeah, but I mean, a buck he was, forty. He, he seemed healthier though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't also don't have his spring stats in front of me. So, I mean, I would probably just go based on track record and uh, how. Yeah, I don't know. I would probably just say Bailey again because a high tide, you know, lifts all boats. If he's at the top of the rotation, that means we could possibly have somebody mildly more competent in the bullpen, which means our bullpen wouldn't be a colossal 
will be less of a it'd be more of a controlled garbage fire. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but at that at that same rate, though, I mean, if you you could put Alfredo Simon in the bullpen tomorrow mm-hmm. and call up Robert Stevenson, who's ready, even though he'd be starting his clock, and you know, there are if there's one thing that this team doesn't have, it's a lack of starter arms. Yeah, I think the Reds are trying to be tactically prudent when it comes to Stevenson and Reed sure. to not get them to start any earlier because at this point, you know, man, I, this I, is lost. I, I think, honestly, to me, it's, you know, it's it's Anthony DiScafani and John Lamb. You know, John Lamb had the back surgery over the offseason that cost him the first part of the season. DiScafani came up with an oblique injury that has just lingered and lingered and lingered. Those two guys were the two guys that the Reds had this year that they could probably pencil in for 200 innings out of the rotation should they stay healthy. And instead, they've gotten, you know, I, Lamb's made, what, three starts so far this year? Uh, Discafani finally made his first rehab start after his setback on his first rehab stint uh, earlier today, and it's still probably two more, if not three more, starts in the minors before coming back. Mm-hmm. It's those innings – on a staff that they, you know, that you knew Homer Bailey was going to miss the first part of the season. The fact that he's out until June isn't terribly surprising to me. Um, but the fact that Disco Fong has been out this long, uh, Lamb missed as much as he did. Right, so Iglesias has been basically disappeared with a shoulder injury. Uh, that's not just the talented portion of the Reds' pitching staff. That's the innings eating portion of the pitching staff. Right. And we talk about how the Reds' bullpen allows you know one full run more than any other bullpen in Major League Baseball. Uh, it's because they're pitching that extra inning every single night. Yeah, I think I lead to to me the Mesorac though for the future. Maybe not for this year, but for the future. Because yeah. I think I can I can look in the future and I can see six good to very good starters already on this team. Uh, if you bring Reed and Stevenson out, depending on what happens with Amir Garrett. But I think what made losing Frazier okay and maybe losing Bruce not thing as bad was all right, it looks like we've got a middle-of-the-order bat in Mesoraco. Mm. And after two years of this, it's uh, i mean, it's getting to the point where I'm not super worried yet, but starting to get worried maybe that middle-of-the-order presence isn't what I thought it was going to be for the next handful of years. Yeah, and his position, too. Like, you can't, you can't hide him anywhere else. You can't stick him in left field if he's got a hip injury that's a problem, if he's got a shoulder injury that prevents him from throwing as well as he used to. Uh, you can't hide him at first base when you've got Joey Votto there forever. So, you know, he's owed $20 million bucks over the next two years. And not only can you, you question whether he can perform at the position he's always been in uh, enough to make that worthwhile, but you can't really teach him to uh, somewhere else. You know, can he play third base? Like, I have no idea. Right. Probably better than Suarez. <laughs> Probably <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Well, maybe if we can kind of have uh, them double up on third base, maybe uh, Suarez field it and then have uh, Devin throw the ball to first base, we would be okay. Well, they both started the same number of major league games at third base during this season. So, yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe Devin would take to it better than uh, than Suarez has so far. But, yeah, the Mesoraco injury, for, for future purposes, I completely agree because that's – that's not just a major financial investment they've got. It's uh, it's a complete question mark both on the field and in the lineup and position-wise. Like yeah. What do you do with the guy? I, I have no idea what to think about it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough, too, because, you know, you really didn't really have a contingency plan when you 
penciled Devin Masarocco into the lineup even this year where, you know, you weren't really going to be sure if he was healthy. But, you know, really, if, you're, if your contingency plan is going to be Tucker Barnhart, that's great this year, and he's, he's, gonna, he's fine. But, you know, if you're still – if you're building a team for, you know, 2018-2019, you know, realistically, Tucker Barnhart is probably not going to hit to the point where he's your guy at that point. I love how so. we're on, like, year two of let's see what we've got in Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, I, I have a feeling we know what we have in Tucker Barnhart. I mean, what, that's what, three errors in the last two games and a, a 600 OPS, something like that? Hey, yeah. 628 OPS on the season. Yeah. That, that's that's a 28%. Per, hey, hey that, those 28 points in OPS means that he has a higher OPS on the season than Billy Hamilton at 616. And uh, he's... Uh, well, yeah, he's basically ahead of Billy Hamilton. Uh, Even Scully was giving him a hard time about his defense last night, and I feel like when he starts ripping you, it's yeah, kind of, <laughs> it's, it's one thing for Marty to kind of get his thing going because that's that's what he does. But yeah, to be on Vin Scully's uh, shit list for your defense, that's pretty. And he he was no wasn't he was the defensive catcher of the year at one point, right? Yeah, he was. And, 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 and the minor that, that, Yeah, so, that was part of the problem. Is like it wasn't that he was bad. It's that he was making trying to make plays that didn't need to get made. Like he was trying to throw behind a runner at first base and throw it up the right field line that cost him two bases. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was trying to throw guys out at second base after they gotten phenomenal jumps, and there was no chance he was going to throw them out. And then he was throwing it into center field. Like it's it's the kind of mistake that you don't expect Tucker Barnhart to make ever. But you also never expect the Tucker Barnard to be your 125 game a season catcher. So yeah. you wonder if, like, being asked to do more than what he's physically capable of is starting to wear on his abilities at this point. Because it's kind of uncharacteristic seeing him do that kind of stuff. Or it could just be him trying to get something to happen in a season where. You know, let's be honest, there's not a whole heck of a lot else of people <laughs> pulling. Not, there aren't that many players pulling themselves up by their bootstraps based on the back of their baseball cards this season. Yeah, that's the truth. God, that's the truth. Sure. All right, let's, well, let's switch gears and go the other way. So who is, who is your player that has exceeded expectations so far this year? Exceeded expectations, it would probably be Zach Cozart, and then it would be end of list. Okay. Uh, Duvall's been all right, too. I mean, yeah, he actually, he's probably, I'd say Duvall is the guy that's exceeded my expectations. Cozart was me hoping that what we saw the first half or the first part of last season wasn't a fluke and Mm -hmm. that his injury last year wouldn't completely derail him. And luckily, it, it looks like it hasn't yet, which means that hopefully his stock will be fairly high so the Reds can cash in on it soon. Right. I'm going to claim Dan Straley. Um, yeah. Dan Straley is, uh, I last by some metrics, leading the Reds in wins above replacement right now. Uh, yeah. He's basically been resident staff ace, despite peripherals that would suggest otherwise. Uh, and they got him for nothing in the 11th hour, and he's got four years of team control after this. Um, that's It's the kind of move that, you know... Uh, Big spending teams don't necessarily look for these kind of improvements, these these marginal ads late in the season because they can afford to go spend money on the bigger players in the first place. So 
the Reds' front office at least has that kind of as a, a an advantage in this scenario. But that's exactly the kind of move that the front office that currently is in place right now deserves a little bit of credit for. I mean, they they really went out and said, "Hey, Dan Shirley's on waivers," and I don't even know exactly when they grabbed him. It was almost to the end of spring training, March twenty seventh, twenty eighth, at that point. Yeah, and. It's 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 given what we thought we were looking at uh, six months ago to be at May twenty fifth and say wow where would the Reds be without Dan Straley um, <laughs> yeah. is kind of a uh, amazing question to even have to ponder. I mean, um, yeah, but he's been he's been awesome. Like, he really has been awesome. Like, so and he's a guy too where he, they got him off the scrap heap. Like he was on the Padres first in spring training, right? Well, the yeah. Padres picked him up off waivers in spring training. From the A's, maybe, or from... Oh, man. Yeah, the Padres got him from somewhere before the Reds got him from yeah, the Padres. Yeah, like the week, the same week. Yeah. And then the Padres like, were like, oh, we can't use you in our bullpen. And the Reds just kind of picked him up and were like, hey, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And he's been he's been awesome. So. Yeah, he's basically turned into our version of uh, Elmer Descends. <laughs> Could be worse. Uh, Eric, Eric, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, my first thought was Duvall. Because uh, mm-hmm. honestly, coming into the season, I had no clue who would be in left field. I, I, I thought it might be a platoon. I thought it could be a few guys just kind of trying it out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of what he's done offensively, uh, he's been way better than I thought he would be. I know this early the defensive metrics are kind of fuzzy, but they all have him as, like, one of the two or three best left fielders in baseball, which I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Uh, but just from those numbers – He's been way better than I thought he was going to be coming into the year. He's at least he looked good. I mean, like whether or not they, that's sustainable and the numbers normalize when he plays, and you know they make those West Coast swings and play in those big left field parks. Like at least a Great American Ballpark, primarily in the places they've played so far this year, he's looked competent out there. Like he's not really mm-hmm. made that many bad plays. He moves well enough. He's thrown guys out at the plate, um, and coupled that with a pat bat that can hit the ball. God, what he hit a four hundred and. 45-foot home run the other night, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would say that, too. I mean, he... You know, going into left field, like, he's the first competent left fielder the Reds have had since... Probably since Adam Dunn. I mean, if you if you really want to go back, like, you know, Ryan Ludwig had that one decent season. Johnny Gomes was a decent platoon guy. And... You know, Even Ludwig was basically two months after a god-awful start, right. too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but since then, like, you know, a, a if, number he, of those, if he can sustain yeah. this, what he's doing now for the rest of the season, you know, I think Adam Duvall is putting together the best season for a Reds left fielder in a decade, so. Well, let's, yeah. give him a, you know, let's give him a statue. And there was, there was a lot, well, there was a lot of uh, kind of question marks about who was going to take that spot, too. I think... I was kind of thinking that Scott Shedler was going to get an extended look there, and then he kind of didn't show up early on in the season. But that's okay, because neither did Tyler Holt. Speaking of injuries, yeah. I thought Yeoman Rodriguez was going to get a shot out there in the first place because he was out of options, and he's another guy who's on the 60-80L and basically disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it was. It's kind of funny, too. I kind of figured that when they put him on the DL to begin with that it was going to be like a – Oh yeah, you're hurt, aren't you? Kind of deal to where so they could keep him without having to put him on waivers, but and let him go to AAA and get rehab time. But yeah, the, it must be must be pretty serious if he's out for two months. And maybe the yeah. Reds, maybe the Reds uh, saw this in Duval when they traded for him, 
last year. Right. You know? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you figure. I, I was it, scratching my it, head when it, we got somebody like him. I thought he, you know, already had his ceiling and it wasn't very high. Well, and it's it's kind of the the Reds' mo so far in this rebuild, like to where, you know, a lot of the guys that they're trading, they're they're definitely focusing more on quantity than they are trying to find the blue chip guy, and you know that can work for you if you if you hit on enough of those guys, but you know, and I think I think Duvall. Yeah, from what we've seen so far, he could be one of those guys where, you know, really, you looked like he was, you know, quadruple A player when the Reds got him, but you know, he could end up being a pretty productive big leaguer if he can keep this up. I think we all assumed uh, Jesse Winker would be a fixture out there soon, but is yeah. it time to do a little? Are we getting a little nervous about Jesse? Uh, well, a little bit. Billy, Ham- Billy Hamilton's out slugging him right now. Uh, if that's any Ooh. indication of where your future left fielder sits in, in the uh, uh, the up and coming ranks, oh, um, yeah, it's uh, that's that's well, <laughs> Hamilton and Winker both are two very big question marks on where the heck the Reds rebuild is going at this point. Yeah, I mean, who, who do the Reds have that are that's actually producing in the minor leagues? From an offensive standpoint, right now, then is Irvin all right? Is Irvin Ir- Irvin's Irvin, Irvin all right? Ir- Irvin's been okay. His walk rate's great. He's got an OPS just under 800 at a stadium in a league that isn't exactly a hitter's league at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's his average is still sitting around 240 at this point. Uh, his walk rate's great, though, like I mentioned, but he's stolen 17 out of 18 bases, which I think is the tops uh, in the Southern League at this point. Um, and for a guy that you know potentially could stick as a center fielder. That's yeah. not that bad. It's not ideal. It's got you know plenty of flaws, as many of the Reds' prospects do. Uh, but that's at least decent production. Uh, Alex Blandino fought a thigh issue that knocked him out of the World Baseball Classic when he was playing for Nicaragua. And he kind of trickled into the start of his season, and he got off to an awful start with Pensacola. But he's got an 895 OPS over his last, I think, 17 games. Um, and is starting to really hit the ball the way he has you know, the last two and a half years in the minors with the Reds. Right. Um, but aside from that, uh, no. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Jose Barraza's has kind of been on the yo-yo back and forth, and so it's kind of hard to judge him over the last couple weeks because he's been up on the bench in Cincinnati. But uh, for, uh, you know, jaw-dropping statistical uh, conversation purposes, no, there's not really a guy down there who's been doing a whole lot. Hmm. Yeah, because I think, you know, when you, when you have the team up here doing – the way that they have been, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, at some point this year, the Reds are going to kind of sell again a little bit on the guys that are hitting right now. And, you know, you're going to want to see some of these guys get some big league reps, but, you know, it will, you know, we'll see if, if Winker kind of makes the jump at that point. I, I still think that he'll be up at some point this year. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that's the toughest part about all this is like losing, yeah. losing nine games in a row with a, a 35-year-old second baseman who won a trade and, uh, you know, 27-, 28-year-old journeyman to left field and a pitching staff that's nobody. Like, that's frustrating. Losing nine games in a row with all of your top prospects that they're taking their lumps and being able to see glimpses of the future is something completely different. And I think we're about, what, you know, three, four, or five weeks away from being able to see potentially the latter uh, where we've got the young guys up and, even if they're losing, you can see the talent that they've got on the field. Right. But right now, like it's it's the exact opposite of that. It's like just 
biting time is what this team is doing, and it's been really, really frustrating to watch. Yeah, yeah. If sure. I'm Jordan Phillips, I made a bad decision, so I'm kicking myself for that one. But yeah, I don't. It's it's so weird. I mean, yeah, I think I don't know if we even talked about it on the last on the last one we did, but yeah, it's it was kind of a baffling decision when it went down. But there there must be some kind of you know ulterior motive to his staying here and not going to play with Dusty in Washington, especially when you look at how how well they've been. Player manager when Price gets fired. Yeah, there you Never go. Never want to talk to him. Johnny Gomes! <laughs> oh, yeah, this is we. This is uh, Johnny Gomes' retirement day. Player uh, manager, Brandon Phillips. Right. Uh, bench coach, Johnny Gomes. Uh, third base coach, Skip Schumacher. <laughs> I'll take player manager, Joey Votto, any, any day of the week. Heal, Joey Votto. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would take that only if he goes back to the Pete Rose... Uh, no ear flat helmet days. Then I would take it. <laughs> yeah. Let, should we talk about Joey Votto and uh, the latest trial and tribulation of his season so far? Oh, sure. It's we been, should probably talk about Joey Votto, it's, yeah. It's been such a weird year for, to be Joey Votto because he's, he's not hitting and has, or hasn't been hitting, I should say. He's been kind of up and down lately. But, you know, he has had all this off-the-field stuff. Well, when you've got somebody with a cool OBP of 274 setting the table for you (laughs) as a two-hitter, you're going to run into some problems anyway. You know, I think his number, I think he started slowly this year. I still don't think it's a cause to majorly be concerned because look at his run support. Sure. I mean... Look who he has around him in this lineup. It's not great shakes by any stretch. Once you get past Cozart, yeah, I've got a I've got a tirade I can launch into on Joey Votto at this point. Um, let's see here. His batting average on balls in play is over a hundred points lower than his career average, despite the fact that he's got a career low in soft hit percentage and a higher than average for his career hard hit percentage on his batted ball profile. Uh, he's currently got a better OPS uh, than Troy Tulowitzki, Prince Fielder, Albert Pujols, Justin Upton, Justin Turner, Yasiel Puig, uh, Mark Teixeira, Jason Hayward, Alex Gordon, Matt Kemp, and um, uh, uh, Adam Jones. Um, he's not playing terrible. He's getting very, very bad luck in the midst of a, a bit of a slump is kind of what it comes down to. Um, and I, I you know, this sounds like Joey Votto apologist talking, and perhaps I am, but it's not like he's going up there every single day and doing stuff differently than he has before. It's just not falling in. And so I'm not terribly concerned for the rest of the season that that's something that's going to continue to happen because he's just too good and he's just hitting the ball too damn hard not to have that work out at some point. Um, he's still on pace for... Roughly like 23 home runs, about 85 RBIs, and 100 walks, which is Joey Votto kind of numbers. Uh, it's just that the other hits aren't falling in, which is something that I think will begin to normalize. But uh, the fact that he's taken the uh, uh, the comical heel role, as Eric mentioned, uh, in, in the process of all of that kind of shaking out, is really brought back into the spotlight in a time where he's not producing as much on the field as you'd hope for. But I really, really do think that it's not something to really be terribly worried about. 
Yeah, I'm just waiting for the PDOC article that says that you know who has a higher combined war than uh, Joey Votto and Homer Bailey this season? It's Joe Blanton. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I know I told you guys this earlier, but I've had friends of other teams message me and be like, hey, is is he okay? Is this like... (laughs) Like, they're worried about him, and I think he just realizes, because you saw this in spring training and they were playing well, mm-hmm. I think he knows this season's going to be bad, and I think more than most, he understands that this is meant to be entertainment, and I think he's just running yeah. with it, and it's fun. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I think Joey Votto might be one of the most self-aware players in the league, just in general. You know, he knows, when he's, when he's going up to the plate, he's very, you know, cerebral, he kind of takes it all in, and... You know, and even with the kind of off the field antics, you know, right? He he knows the situation. He's not lying to himself, thinking that, you know, oh, this is going to be the year where the Reds are going to the playoffs. Like this is, you know, he knows that he's going to be here for another what eight nine years. So, and he stated publicly that he wants to be here through it. You know, right. um, I think there's three things when it comes to Votto. Uh, one. He's publicly stated that he's a bad motherfucker, and we all know it, as he is. It's true. Uh, Two, he hasn't gone back to the high sock shit this season at any point, which he used to do periodically in the past. I kind of want to see it happen, (laughs) just because I'm an extremely superstitious person, uh, as many baseball players are. Um, And uh, I had a third point I was going to make that I completely forgot about at this point, so. That's the beer. That's the beer. (laughs) It's the season, right? Yeah. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, uh, might as well uh, open up the fun bag. Oh, um, we, we <laughs> did throw out we did throw out some uh, questions to Twitter here. Um, my my phone is dead, so you'll have to go find those for me. What did we get? What? Let's Anything? see. I'm looking at them right now. Um, one is uh, lost ticket sales and TV viewers versus trading salary for nothing. Oh. That sounds like that, that is sounds that like a Twitter question. question for you. Is that something we need to talk about? Uh, that's just a statement, so maybe we don't have to answer that one. That's good. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of those statements at the on the Red Reporter Twitter account, by the way. They've got something <laughs> off now where you can go to like fifteen games from like four bucks a game. You need to soak yeah. this in with the can. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's great. what it's a fifteen game pack for I think fifty nine bucks. Dollars, yeah. That's, that's, cr- that's crazy. Yeah. Do you think Scott Hatterberg is a good player? Um, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do think Scott Hatterberg is a good player. <laughs> it's a little uh, Adam from Milwaukee throwback. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> from uh, at Dirk Dirk 24 our good friend Doug Gray, why haven't the Reds fired everyone and replaced them with the cast of the 2005 version of the Bad News Bears? Ooh, that, that is a good question. Because Jim Day wouldn't be able to pronounce their names because he's too busy <laughs> killing giraffes. So, so, in this in this alternate scenario, what? who would Billy Bob Thornton play? Would he be Brian Price? Definitely, right? He would be the... Uh... No, he would be Riggleman. They've got, Riggleman, they've, yeah. They both have like the whole redneck... Uh, you don't, thing going down. You don't think the uh, he he could pull off the profanity laced tirade though? I, I bet that that would be right up his 
Yeah. He could, yeah, but I, I, I think Price is a little too is too hapless for that. That's true. There, there, there is one question in here from uh, our good friend uh, Clutchy McGritterson. Mm, yeah. um, can you explain why I should believe in this rebuild? And that's probably asked with a bit of sarcasm, uh, but at the same point, it is a question that's pretty damn valid given the fact that they're 15 and 31 and looking completely awful. Well, Trust if, the process. To be, to be fair, though, if there was one reason to believe in this rebuild, it's that currently in 2016 they're 15 and 31 and have the worst pitching staff in the league. Like, there, there is no even hope of not rebuilding this year. Like, no one is deluding themselves in the, in the front office to think that, oh, we're building a team for 2016. So, you know, if there was any doubt that the Reds' front office didn't have a full rebuild in mind, I would just watch them play, and that's, that's how, what this team looks like right now. Well, they clearly haven't been on their Facebook page then. <laughs> it's true. I will, I will give a shout-out to uh, at Today and Reds FB on Twitter. Yes. You will find the, the cream of the crop in uh, Reds' opinions. Cornhog award-winning. One last note on this Reds' rebuild that I'll mention. It's the fact that so many people are so damn quick to forget that the Reds lost 98 games last year. Like, yeah. it wasn't like... They've gone from winning the 2012 NL Central and 98 wins immediately to what we're seeing right now. Like, it's been devolving for a while. Last year on a team that lost 98 games, at this point of the season, the Reds weren't very good, but you still knew they were going to lose Johnny Cueto, lose Mike Leake, probably lose Todd Frazier, maybe lose two or three other guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, they're awful, but you know you're about to pick up Robert Stevenson, Jose Peraza, Cody Reed. Uh, you're going to get DiScafani back. You're going to get Homer Bailey back. You've got Rysel Iglesias coming back. Uh, there is at least enough in the pipeline close to make this god-awful, to quote uh, Saving Private Ryan, god-awful shitty mess, uh, better. Whereas last year there wasn't anything there to make it better, and you just knew you were going to you know, shed half the team that was currently on the field. So. There was the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Frazier won the home run derby. Oh, yeah. Wait, that, that was last year. Yeah. That was less, last less year. than a year ago. Yeah. Holy shit. So, but at least the rebuild can suggest, that's the one thing about baseball that has probably made it why I, I appreciate that as a sport more than any of the other major leagues, is that the future is already in the organization. It's not like the NFL or the NBA draft where, even if you suck, you got to wait till the draft to find out who potentially might help you. Right. Like, all those guys are already in the system. They're already Cincinnati Reds as soon as the Reds want to say they're Reds. And you can see them. Like, they're tangible. They're there. And last year, they weren't. It, nearly this quantity that they have right now. And so that's that's why. That's why I believe in this rebuild, because I think they have a lot of really good pieces right now. Yeah, I mean, in the not-too-distant future, this is a good starting rotation. I mean, you roll out... Like you said, Bailey, Desclafani, Iglesias, Ad Reed, Stevenson. Then you still got Finnegan, Garrett. I mean, I guess really. Yeah, I tweeted out last night, like, hey, this should give you hope. Here's a potential starting rotation. And then somebody fired back, yeah, and then we'll turn it over the worst bull. Hopefully the bullpen's different at the point that that's the starting right. rotation. But, but there, yeah, there's enough pieces to get excited about two or three years down the road. 
Right. And the bullpen will have to pitch two innings per game with that starting rotation as opposed to five innings per game with the current starting rotation. Well, yeah, you know, that's, so that's the it, big it, difference. It all it all fits together in the long term. Yeah, like you're that bullpen won't be relying on Blake Wood after having Blake Blake Wood throwing three out of the last four days. Yeah. Like it's yeah. I was I was talking with someone when the Seattle Mariners came to town and looking at the Mariners this year They've had the same five guys make every single start for them this season. They've got a left-handed bat who they signed to a $200 million contract, hitting well in the middle of their order, and they're winning the American League West. Like they, they are get it. The, they're the 2012 Reds. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're the, the best-case scenario. The Reds right now are the worst-case scenario while also rebuilding. So, yeah, the, the results on a 2016 perspective are terrible, but there's a lot there to be excited about with things materialized on the road. For sure. All right, well, let's all right, let's uh, leave on this note. So, with all the we've been talking about the injuries that have, have hit the Reds and talking about, you know, the impact players and stuff. Who is the Red that you are most excited to see in Cincinnati this season that isn't currently on the team? At this point, I would probably, I would probably go with. Well, currently not on the team, so they could have had their cup of coffee already. Currently not on the team. I would probably say Peraza because I think the the Reds line or the Reds rotation at this point they have enough bright spots as you mentioned, Eric. You know, we've got Stevenson, we've got. Uh, you know, Reed, we've got Finnegan, we've got uh, Desclafani and Iglesias, assuming they all come back healthy. You know, there are enough high points coming up with the, with the rotation to let anybody be optimistic. Uh, when it comes to the Reds roster, we really haven't seen a bat that has been developed even through by another team via trade for the Reds in a number of years. And we're kind of hoping that Peraza is that guy, and perhaps he is. And if he is, then, you know, perhaps we've got that middle-of-the-lineup bat that can augment and supplement perhaps a declining Votto, perhaps Cozart leaving, perhaps mm-hmm. Suarez not being who we want him to be necessarily, uh, and then who the heck knows with catcher. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say Cody Reed, and uh, yeah, I think watching him this spring, especially just not even being skeptical about the Cueto trade at the time, uh, just seeing a left-hander who uh, he's gonna have to learn to. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're they're working on this, you know, getting deeper into games. But for a few innings in spring, uh, just seeing a dominant, powerful left-handed starting pitcher who could be in the rotation for years was something you know i got super excited about i think after a, a few glasses of wine i tweeted out cody reeds making me feel things i've never felt before and <laughs> but i am i am excited to see cody reed yeah, I'm, I'm gonna cheat a little bit um since i'm going third uh and i'm gonna go with two guys but both for similar reasons um i'm going with rysel iglesias and zach weiss also uh, Iglesias, obviously, because we've seen what he can do at the big league level when healthy. And I'm hoping beyond hope that the shoulder issue he's got right now 
is not one of those shoulder issues that legitimately ends a career, um, or at least significantly alters the path of a starting pitcher's career. Because what we saw before he even went down with that this year, coupled with how he finished the year last year, is a guy who can be not just an ace and a top of the order or top of the rotation kind of guy, but a Cy Young candidate. I mean, he struck out uh, what like I think thirty nine guys over three games at the point one point last season. Uh, he was hands down the opening day starter and best starter on the staff to begin this year. Um, and when he's on the mound and when he's healthy, he's proven to be. Uh, every bit of talent that the Reds thought he was when they took that, what, that $27 million financial risk to sign him out of Cuba. Um, but Zach Weiss, just highlighted by how bad the Reds' bullpen has been, this is a guy who was a lockdown reliever in Pensacola last year, uh, showed up in Reds' camp this season as a non-roster invitee, but also had very, very high hopes among the front office guys to be a guy who could break through and be that next great Reds reliever, almost in a Scott Williamson rookie season kind of way. Um, and he's got hurt also. And so we haven't had a chance to see him either uh, climb the charts to be the next you know, great dominant reliever for the Reds or even prove himself again in AAA this year. But I think he's got the kind of stuff to do that. And assuming he gets healthy enough this year to make that September cup of coffee, um, I, I do still have high hopes that he's going to be a big, big part of the Reds' bullpen going forward. Yeah. I, I think my pick there that has not been mentioned yet would be Robert Stevenson, mm-hmm. who you know we've we've seen a couple of times this year. He's made two spot starts this year, and you know for the better part of the season, those two starts were two of the best starts by any Red starter all year. So, you know, I, I think that you know he's at the point where he doesn't really have a ton left to prove in the minor leagues, and he really kind of deserves that shot at a big league. Uh, at a big league rotation spot. So I think that, uh, for me, he's, he's the one that I want to see next, at least in the near, in the near future within the next couple months or so. Yeah. Now I want to see Brian Price while he's still the Reds manager and still in charge of the pitching staff, have a chance to work with Stevenson too, because mm-hmm. as much as you want to criticize Price as a manager and how bad the Reds have been while he's been quote unquote in charge, he's got a great reputation of working, working with young pitchers and to have him have a chance to work with Stevenson for five, seven, ten starts for the rest of the year before who knows what happens, I think it could do a lot for Bob C's development down the road. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, you know, I think we'll probably be back within the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, there's a lot going on here um, just with the draft coming up, so we're going to be busy with that at Red Reporter. Um, you know, obviously the team doesn't really have a lot to write home about right now. Um, that's okay, because that means we're just going to get weird. Yeah, that's... Well, that we, is, we, do, we do have a lot of games between the uh, against the Brewers and Rockies coming up, so there's a chance for a bit of a win streak, maybe? Yeah. that That's when Red Reporter gets uh, gets fun, though, because all the, all the crazies come out. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, make sure and uh, follow us at Red Reporter on Twitter, um, Red Reporter fans on Facebook, Come visit us at redreporter.com, read our stuff. I know Eric had a uh, good article about uh, 10-game losing streaks that was posted earlier today. So uh, go check that out. And, uh, uh, Google, Google Farmers Only and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Safe search, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, let's let's wrap it up. So uh, make sure go find us on all that social media stuff. And uh, for Scott, Eric, and Wick, I'm Brandon. Peace out. <laughs>